Welcome to Opening Presence, the podcast about creative self-realization. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you so much for joining me. In today's episode, I sit down with Adam Bienenfeld. He is a healer and body worker specializing in structural integration. He is also co-owner of Enchanted Crystal, an online distributor of precious gemstones based in the Pacific Northwest. In this conversation, Adam and I discuss his journey into the wellness industry and the experiences which led him to uncover another passion, crystals. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to share it with a friend. Now, without further ado, welcome to Opening Presence. Welcome to Opening Presence. My name is Aaron Robinson. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I have a very special guest uh, that I'd like to introduce you to. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce you to Adam. I don't know your last name yet. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do I know your Yeah, Robinson. Uh, my last name is Bienenfeld. Excuse me? Bienenfeld. <laughs> okay. Oh, <Hell> yeah. <laughs> That's you probably had a lot of nicknames growing up. Yes, I did. Yeah, and I, it was kind of like a name that I didn't really own or feel very uh, connected to or proud of until, well, it means field of bees in German, and I love honey and I love bees, so I'm just making the best of it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any bee tattoos? I do actually. Wait, did you know that already? Nope. Oh my gosh, that's my most recent tattoo, the crystal bee. It was done by uh, Avery Simone in Portland over here a few blocks away hell yeah yeah no that's how I, that's like how i know i'm like tuned in <laughs> it's like i'll bring something up and it's just like did you know did we talk about this like nope absolutely not that's intuition for you well thank you for having me over right now i've, I've been looking forward to this conversation for some time uh since the first time we met at medicine collective and just following your journey and and just the energy that you have is like really like hospitable and and yeah so thank you for for hosting oh man thank you gosh i'm just honored that you wanted to connect and i remembered meeting you and we were like yeah let's hang out sometime and then <laughs> uh covid started a few weeks later and um well it's just been really yeah beautiful watching you online just cultivate your your offerings and really connect so many bright lights to each other so many people and so much knowledge to share so i'm just really grateful to be here and get to mainly just to hang out with yeah, you. I know, right? Like we had like a full podcast like before we started recording, like the depths like from the from the get go. Like <laughs> haven't seen you in like a year, but like like you made some tea. Great tea by the way. And we just like go in about all these different topics and this is just like a, a portion of of like this budding friendship into uh, optimization of self and community and others. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to, to be here and to share. So for our listeners, can you give people kind of like an overview of like, like your life? Where did you grow up? And like, what were some of the interests that you gravitated towards that you're still, uh, working at today? Wow. Okay. Um, well, I grew up in Southern California. I was born in 1983 
and spent most of my upbringing in a very uh just kind of like a suburban bubble lifestyle and because of that I never really felt like I fit in much with the world I was in so I spent gosh a lot of time playing online computer games when I was younger that was like my escape like especially during my like early teens and mid-teens I felt like that was kind of like a huge part of my world just not being where I was really not even wanting to deal with being present where I was so I definitely had like a pretty safe and normal upbringing but I always knew that there was more and I didn't really have much exposure either you know especially because the internet wasn't even really much of a thing um, like the way it was until more like after I was in high school so yeah grew up in Southern California and I feel like I'm just kind of beating around the bush I just did not like it down there um, yeah what part of Southern Cal in the Los Angeles area okay and as soon as I realized there was other places I moved up to Northern California and I feel like that's where my life really began in my early 20s almost mm-hmm. so what were the things that kind of like piqued your interest about like Northern Cal California or at least like what did you learn about yourself that kind of like set you on the path that you're on now that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I, well, at age 18, I started to realize that I just felt really weird in my body. And I was having trouble diagnosing what was what. And I, and I started uh, receiving Heller work, structural integration body work from my uncle. And that really set off this huge opening as my body started to open. I could breathe and actually think clearly, really, for the first time ever. And I decided in that moment, that's what I wanted to do. So over the next many years, I did multiple trainings and started building a practice. And ultimately, one of my trainings was in Mount Shasta. So I got in my car and printed out MapQuest directions on a piece <laughs> I of paper. Those days. <laughs> I know, I know, I missed that. And just started driving and um, found Mount Shasta and Sonoma County. I ended up settling in Sonoma County. But just I, my mind was blown by the trees. My heart was open, just being able to breathe so deeply and be so freely and just have this place where I could learn and be away from. I know that our external environment is just, you know, one factor, but just being away from my life as I knew it was the best thing ever. And I just knew I needed to be up there. Just something told me, be up here, be with the trees, be in nature. Mm. So what were the kind of like the first things like you said it was Heller work? Yeah, uh, the modality is called Heller work, which is a style of structural integration body work. Heller works based on rolfing. Have you heard of that before? I've heard of the term, but I'm still like so new to it. Like if you can give like a brief like overview of what that entails, that'd be great. Sure. Um, Well, rolfing is a modality that was created by Ida Rolf, but let's bring it back to structural integration, which is the, I guess, the umbrella that the work is under. And it's a process of helping one align their physical body and restore range of motion and movement to ultimately give one more of a constructive relationship with gravity instead of always be fighting against it and creating more ease and grace and spaciousness in the body so that their breath can flow unobstructed so that the spine and the spinal channel can have fluidity and the signals can flow to and from the brain 
and the nervous system and gosh, it, it just keeps going, but sure. kind of like we were talking about earlier, just the openness and the magic of having the body be free and more out of the way. So most definitely. Yeah. I, I think we can, like, I at least like witness my own like conditioning, like from moment to moment, having like, the awareness of like, like I'm bracing myself for like impact. Like I, like I can sense like in my shoulders, like I'm, my shoulders are like shrugged up like next to like my ears. And then I'm just like, wait, why am I bracing myself? Like somebody's about to hit me. So like I breathe and then like once I like exhale, I release my shoulders back down and be like, that's more like it. Like you don't need to protect yourself when you're in your home. Like there's no threat around, but like this, this tendency to want to protect ourselves is, is there. And like, I guess just with like an awareness of that, um, it's kind of like a starting off point, I guess, for like entering like the, the realm of, of, uh, what rolfing or just integrative there. I, I don't even know. Like, what was the term that you said again? Structural integration, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is, you know, to yeah, restore that. integrity to the structure. Well, what you're talking about. Yeah. Like nothing, I mean, maybe something you're afraid of is there, but yeah, nothing you're afraid of is here. So yeah, perhaps at one point in your life, having the shoulders up and that reaction was something that served you and protected you. Maybe, who knows, maybe you started doing that when you were two years old Sure. to, for whatever reason. And then here you are now at 32, right? Mm -hmm. And that pattern still happens, but I think it's really cool that you're noticing that you're doing that. I think that's a huge part of it because I can put my hands on someone and help assist their opening and help them bring awareness to places. But really it's kind of like what you're saying where you, um, realize that you're doing that when it's, not really a pattern that's serving you because that's something that's your journey and mm -hmm. yeah so what what was your like like education through that and like how did your practice begin to evolve and like what were some of the 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 things that you learned about yourself like as far as like your own body and and that whole journey and and implementing it and helping other people uh become educated on their physiology Sure. Wow. I'm going to stop saying wow after every question. I'm, just like, I'm, like, I'm good. That's a good one. Um, no notes. <laughs> um, well, I started when I decided I wanted to do the Hellerwerk training. I was too young. You have to be 21 to be accepted. So my uncle, uh, Dan Bienenfeld, he suggested I just go to a traditional massage school to make sure I'm comfortable touching people and just to start immersing myself in that world. So I went to a school called the Advanced School of Massage Therapy. I did a couple of courses there and then um, just dived in and started working on people. I was already working on people before that too, you know, friends and who would ever let me get my hands on them. And um, after that, I did the Heller work training when I was 21 and that lasted for about two years. And wait, what did I, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting what you asked me. I'm giving the yeah, journey just, of no, like no, my no. school. Keep on, keep on going. But like the schooling, but then like, what did you learn about yourself? Uh -huh. And then like, like applying this knowledge to help other people like gain awareness and knowledge of their own journey and how you can help people. So just yeah, like, that's don't, <laughs> don't worry about these, these marker points. Like yeah. this is like a very wide space to travel. Yeah. That's, that's much more interesting anyways. So pretty much anything I've ever been able to offer someone is through something I either learned about myself or learned from someone else how to help someone else because we're all here in these bodies and we all have kind of these unique different patterns but there's also a lot of like similarities like these underlying themes of 
basically expansion and contraction. Mm. And once I started to really kind of tune in and realize that we have all these words to describe the spectrum of feelings and all of them are valid and there is a spectrum, but most either feel good or don't feel good. They're either expansive or contractive. Mm. And once I started to realize that a lot of us are trapped in these kind of contracted feeling patterns, which are leading to just this stuckness in the body, stuckness in the mind, and how so many of us are going through this, I started to really like, you know, observe my own patterns, observe my own tension, kind of my own ways of holding for no reason. Mm. And just by really tuning in deeply into my own body, I was able to really, and just feel and see and let go. Um, I was able to kind of start to gain, I don't want to say an extra sense, but to start to see and feel other people's rhythms and their body alignment and to know where to touch to help them bring light, if you will, and awareness to an area to help them unfold and unwind something. Mm -hmm. So it's like the deeper I've gone into presence with my own body and my own breath and just observing feelings and observing sensations, the more I've been able to kind of reverse that lens and put it on to someone else. And that's been really beautiful. And I think that applies to any, anything we do, you know, if we start by practicing within ourselves and mastering something or working towards mastery, the further we go, the more that we're able to embody those traits or those philosophies or those skills. And then it becomes more of a overflow onto those around us. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. Do you feel is like when you say like touching, like, is it intuitive and is it like at a distance or on the body? Like, how do you go about like, uh, treating or assisting or guiding, like say a client, like, is it cause like Reiki is like barely like any touching. It's like distance. It's like, what, what is the, the modality like entail? Is it like intuitive or are you like following like a, like a guide? So there is a lot of intuitive, intuitive stuff going on. Most of it is hands-on. A lot of it is through education as well. So when someone first comes to me, we just kind of sit together and already I'm kind of just watching where they're holding, watching where they're breathing. So there's a certain amount of like information. I'm not just getting through intuition. I'm like seeing it. Mm -hmm. And the stuff that I sense or come to conclusions of or have hunches of, most of the times those end up coming true throughout the session. Sure. You know, and, um, but the work is hands-on. It's kind of like helping someone mold their body into more open alignment. But the thing is, is like, like let's say you're clenching your fist right now and you ask me to help you open your hand. Yeah. If you're still clenching your fist, it's going to take, I don't know, you, I probably couldn't do it. You look like you're pretty strong, so... I might be pulling a finger and it will snap back to place. Mm -hmm. And then even if we do get it open, it will just curl back in again. But if you then decide to relax the hand and then I can help you open it and then you can be aware of when it wants to close and kind of keep it open through your own awareness between the sessions, that's really, I'd say the biggest thing I can offer is less about like my hands on someone in a session and helping sculpt their body into openness and stretch them out and all that. It's more about like giving you kind of these little tools to then apply to the awareness that then you take into your daily life. Mm. So it's hands on, but that's only for, you know, an hour and a half. The rest of it is really like 
now you have that. Yeah. So I like to give to help someone find their own sense of empowerment and realizing that like the even like the meditation practice or the yoga practice, the bodywork session is a is an experience in itself, but then taking those rhythms into the world and then continuing the practice, letting the bodywork session continue for the next many months, letting the meditation unfold all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild that you say like the hand clasp thing because I I catch myself all the time with like a clenched fist and then like I consciously like I see it and then like I open it, I release it and then I put my flip my palm up and it's like I'm on the I'm on the on the computer or whatever. It's like why do I have my hand clasped and like I like notice it and then I open it and just soften like my whole body in that sense of of I don't know. I think it's definitely a program. Like since I was young, like there's a photo of me and my mom um, on my birthday. I think it was may have been like my third or fourth birthday. And like it was like when they were like singing like happy birthday and stuff, I had the hat on and my mom, I was sitting in my mom's lap and I had my hands in front of me, but she had her hands wrapped around my wrists. So like it was like, she was controlling my hands like I didn't have free range of my hands so I had my my hands clasped like they were like in a fist but so I'm just like hmm like decoding like what does that mean psychologically of like oh like maybe I don't have autonomy like maybe like this birthday party thing is too much because I saw the like my mom like that made her like the happiest that she gave me a birthday party She's like, oh, I'm making her dreams come true. Like her son's having a birthday party, but like I'm uh. like, I can't move my hands, like type of thing. So like programming and like trying to understand like these habits that show up in our lives as these these ingrained patterns. It's like if we if we just sit down and just like just become aware of these things, we can kind of like unpack these larger uh modalities that we've kind of like used in our lives, like for survival or for like uh, for it, all the ways of living that there that there are so that that uh example definitely like points to like my own uh tendency to clench thy fists <laughs> what i did something else that came up is like what do you observe in just me sitting right here or what do you pick up not to put you on the spot and like be like uh <laughs> but like just what like an assessment of like a conversation as like a client would be it's like oh like i noticed this like type of thing sure well for one i think that's really awesome that you like took in the video of yourself at that age and like was you know witnessing your pattern then and looking at like what's around that i had this moment when i was being uh, given a bodywork series by a good friend uh, amanda metcalf this was like 12 years ago and she asked me what's the earliest footage you have of you and there's a video of my fifth birthday and we put it on and she's like, okay, I see you in your pattern there. She saw me doing certain things in my body and with the alignment of the body then at age five that I'm still doing. Because we were trying to figure out where things came from. So uh, that might be a more valuable resource, that video, than you maybe even realize. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know you asked another question. Yeah, just like what, are, like, like <laughs> what do you notice in my physiology or just like energy, like pattern that you can pick up that's like, oh, like this is mm-hmm. something that I notice. Not like I'm not going to take it as like a judgment or anything. It's just like just the it's just interesting, like how other people kind of interpret how you show up in certain ways, especially like if it's something that you're 
tuned into. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's like a thing I don't really can't really turn off at this point. Sure. Well, actually, so with you right away, I notice you're it's going to seem like a bunch of compliments, perhaps. Hey, but I'm for it. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Everyone likes the good stuff. You're you're the like you're present. You're extremely present. You're relatively still. Your breathing is relatively smooth. I mean, I'm sure this isn't perhaps what you experience all the time, sure. but especially compared to, I want to say average. Like I'm noticing, yeah, your neck and head are in alignment with each other. Your head is just resting up there. Like I feel like I'm sitting across from a, like a, like a Buddha, if you will. Like Woo! even when you were, when I was making the tea, when you were talking, like I was, you know, kind of shuffling around the kitchen and I would look up and I would just feel your stillness and I would feel the the clarity in what you were saying. And it's not just it's like it shows up through the body it shows up through the words but these are aligned with each other mm. so i mean if i were to do like a full assessment and watch you walk and watch you move around i would notice a bunch of little like tension points mm. but overall like you are you are and do feel relatively free and in the body Hell look, yeah. Yeah, look at how I'm sitting. I'm kind of like curled up on the couch. I'm people would think you're the look structural body worker. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but thank you for for that. It's so it's always good to just get more information cuz then it's like these are like the tools that we can use to apply. It's like I feel like there's like two points. There's like the point in our lives where we're like disassociative with everything, mm-hmm. whether it's our mind, our body, our spirit, soul, family, everything and then there's like the part the point where we turn the corner and it's like i'm going to be involved with this living thing and i'm going to be involved with the ascension and the improvement and the optimization and i'm going to research and i'm going to apply i'm going to learn i'm going to grow and and just learning more about who we are like it's so like there's so much that's just uncovered because we haven't placed our awareness on like hey i want to learn about myself now i'm trying to grow I'm, i have like these these things that i want to do in my life and i want to be alive to do those things and um i think i think yeah it, i think just the more knowledge that we have and like the more that we can help each other um on this path of of opening like i have so much to like learn from you and and i want to definitely do an assessment at some point and just like like just add all of these things together to make the best version of ourselves because that's if we're not doing that then like what are we doing and not to like cast blame on people who aren't because everybody has their own journey and their own entry point but like we were expressing earlier it's like it's our job to just open the door it's like it's everyone else's job to walk through the door and we're just doing that for each other it's just like open up a door like unlock this lock open up a door peek your head in and then it's like one step in all right, let's kick it in here for a little bit. Let's hang out on the porch or, or whatever until it's time to fully like engage with the journey. Um, that's awesome. So I want to kind of like, as you've like started your practice and you, you'd expressed earlier that you like went into yoga and like the whole like just body work in general, self-knowledge, self-growth, like what are some of like the, uh, how did that expand and and bring you up to portland and basically just how the journey up until enchanted crystal how'd you get into this like okay just to preface like we are (laughs) in a room with the most 
crystals I've ever seen in my life. And <laughs> Adam says that this is nothing. This is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. So yeah, transitioning from not transitioning cause you're still in body work, but sure. But that journey into crystal. Yeah. Well, you know, as I deepened my own practices and learn more about my own body and gain more, I guess, peace and freedom, if you will. Cause I was, gosh, I was just like racked in pain and tension and anxiety all the time before I got into all this. I thought that that was normal. So once I started to feel more free of that and it still comes and goes, of course, but once I started to be more free of that and gain more tools, I really amped up the service to others through, of course, charging people for body work. I would give free sessions. I would teach uh, yoga or movement for money. I would teach it for free or for donation too. I was just felt really eager to share these gems that have really helped me so much with really anyone that wanted them. And that still is my passion. And as far as tying it back, tying it into Portland and the crystals, after doing that for my entire 20s, and even early 30s is like, you know, pretty much my full-time gig and a huge part of the identity I had at the time. Back when I thought that identities and jobs were the same thing, things have changed. Anyways, I really identified with being this like bodywork guy and yoga person and all that. And I was burning myself out. Mm. I burnt myself out so bad, actually. And the structural issues I deal with in my own body with the scoliosis that I have and some other stuff, I I just felt like I was getting almost worse and worse and starting to regress in a bunch of areas just physically and noticing how my energy level and um, my mindset was really starting to I don't know, just grow much more dim. And this was all, all around the Saturn return time. You know about that. You just came yeah. out of that. Well, yeah. Welcome. I know. And I was like, I'm cleansed now. Oh my God. I like, thought I could avoid that. Oh my gosh. I'm curious how that was for you, but. Yeah. My mom died. <laughs> that oh. was, that was mine. Mm. But like the biggest, the greatest gifts have, have come from, from that, like the self-knowledge and like the perspective. <laughs> yeah. I'm not laughing because you said your mom died. Just, you just, and we, we talked about that earlier with more presence and you said that now and you're just like. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's like, wait. <laughs> Um, mm. anyway, <laughs> my hands on my heart, <laughs> can't hear that through the sound, but anyway, um, so all of a sudden cut to age 30 years old, I had an abundance of crystals in my collection. Um, a fellow named Todd Googe, who's a good friend of mine, who I refer to as the crystal king. Whenever anyone tells me I'm the crystal king, I refer them to Todd, who's I'm nothing compared to Todd in the crystal world. He's an amazing friend and uh, teacher. And for many years, I gave him and his partner, former partner, bodywork and trade for crystals. And for a while, I even helped him ship with his eBay store. I was like his shipping guy. Even though I had my bodywork practice going, I just really wanted to be more connected with crystals. So I became the shipper for his eBay business and had him pay me in crystals only. Not that I couldn't use the money, but he would hook me up so much in crystals. And for years during all of this, all of my 20s, I'd just give them away. I'd give, I didn't know the value on them at all. I'd give crystals to a, a new acquaintance. I just met $200 crystal. Here you go. Wow. Didn't have any attachment to them. And, you know, I kept some for me. Um, so after years of this, I had a huge collection. Didn't know what to do with them. And I found myself broke financially. Went through a breakup. 
um, in this was like uh, October of 2014. And then like within half an hour of us physically separating, like, a, you know, there's a whole story to that, but it was like, all right, bye. She left. I had this moment of like, I'm going to sell crystals. This, this is bright light. I was, it was just like, crystals are going to be my, my rebound, whatever, instead of having like a rebound person or whatever. Mm-hmm. I did that with yoga years before and with another breakup, but this one was like, crystals are my rebound. Rebound yeah. purpose. Yeah. Rebound purpose. Within minutes, I was like, I'm just going to sell crystals. I don't know how it looks. Then I saw myself sitting in front of Community Market, which was a local health food store um, up in Sebastopol in Sonoma County where I was living. And cut to a few weeks later, I'm sitting in front of Community Market um, with a table selling crystals. I got permission there to do that. Um, And it was awesome. I made like... way more money than I had ever made in such a short period of time doing anything else. Friends of mine were coming down to like hang out. It was so cool. And what started with this once a weekend table turned to Saturday and Sunday. And within a few months I was like, Hey, maybe, maybe Instagram has, has some sort of like outlet for me to just share crystals and not really not many people were really showing too many crystals on Instagram at the time there were a few pages and that's enchanted crystal kind of was born then I just really loved taking pictures of crystals and I mean if you scroll way back on the feed you could see how some of the pictures are pretty good quality but a lot of them are kind of kind of uh yeah not very professional compared to now um, but that just kind of spread. I I started having people reach out to me for crystals. I opened an Etsy store um, and it just kept on going before I knew it. That was, I was barely giving body work and it was great because I needed the rest. Um, so after about a year of me doing it on my own, a longtime very good friend of mine named Galen Brazel through a very interesting synchronous event. Mm. So we started a subscription box and that is the main model of our business currently. And that really brought things to the next level. We became a real business, you know, Mm -hmm. Galen's plethora of skills and knowledge. We joined forces and, um, you know, when we started, I told him, I, I want to move to Portland. I'm going to move there in six months. And he's like, Oh, cool. Brittany and I want to move there too. So I moved up. Um, and then a few months later he moved up and then our business just kept on growing. We were in his basement at first in Southeast. Then we were in a little warehouse in Milwaukee and now we're in our current warehouse in Southeast and Mm. things have just really grown since then. And it's just so awesome to have this opportunity to just share crystals with everyone and share magic. I don't even know how to, it's like, I have trouble even talking about it. It's like this dream job. Yeah. Like the organic nature of it is something that I really like want to highlight in in like how these things come into fruition like like that's like it's so difficult to decode it because people like want help like finding their purpose like what's my purpose like help me find it and a lot of people are lost including myself for like the longest time until like I did like the work to find like this being a medium for me to like share my authentic like my truth and to share like your story and like plenty of other friends and who are have all have like their unique story of like coming into their own passion and discovery and and finding something that's completely unique like like I've tuned into your auctions on Instagram and I love like checking out like what you have like I like I literally sit there and like I watch like 
almost like the entire thing every time you do like an, an auction and the way that you're interacting um with the people who show up and people are buying shit too like they're buying like throughout the whole entire time i'm just like like <laughs> you're like welcoming people you're like oh we're gonna go over to this box now um just put in put in the number and and we'll we'll do like a review and stuff and just like the the just like how you can tell that you're passionate about it and that's something that like that cuts through all of it it's not something just to make money it's like you're like people are have an interest and you're like the facilitator to these precious stones that maybe they don't have access to in in other forms or if they live somewhere that there's not like a local vendor Mm -hmm. it's like you can be that person that brings this to them so i think like finding that authentic genuine like heart expression is something that it's really admirable um what what were some of the things that like gra- like made you gravitate towards crystals and like like maybe go into like your relationship to uh some of the stones that resonated with you early on so it wasn't really on purpose like i never had this i never wanted to collect anything especially things that are so delicate um Ever since I was a kid, I just loved rocks and I had a few crystals and there were always these things They just, they brought me back to this like timeless feeling of like, I don't even know. It's like something like, like some sort of magical state, mm. some really, some really, really deep peace. And I would just sit and stare at them and move them around and I didn't really have a concept then of like what they're doing, but I did notice the attraction. And as I, I guess I grew up and started to trade with Todd and build this collection. Um, I just started to find that more and more crystals. I just couldn't put down even like there'd be certain ones that without any logic or reason, I just wanted to have in my bed, even like currently I've been sleeping <laughs> with this aquamarine crystal. That's aquamarine is my favorite variety. Mm. And why? I don't know the, if you read a book and check into the meaning of what aquamarine is supposed to do with you, I don't have it for that reason. I don't know if it's even doing that or not. Mm. It's just become this variety of stone where we have this connection. There's this, there's this peace and this stillness that we carry together. Mm-hmm. What was like the first crystal that you had that feeling of peace or just like this one's different. Like I'm feeling the energy of this or like I I feel myself with this crystal in my hand or near me. Sure. So when I went to a gem show, I was 24 and there was an amethyst cluster, uh, really purple. It's in the kitchen over there. Um, and I held it in my hand and it was like $30, which especially then was a lot of money to me. You know, $30 on a thing was unheard of. I was barely even paying my rent. Mm-hmm. And I held it in my hand and just stared into it. And I felt that it was selflessly bringing, helping me be back in myself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like it was just here showing up with this bright radiance, this shape it's held for millions of years just being itself if you will and then I felt like I got to be myself in witness to it Mm. and this didn't come with like logic I just it's just almost like I felt like meeting a friend if you will Mm -hmm. and then I went into the kind of the logic afterwards of the absurdity of having this connection with this crystal but needless to say I bought it and 
Um, it didn't even make sense to spend that much money at that time. And that would, that was like the first one where there was this like special connection. There was this, yeah, warmth and, um, yeah. What about you? Do you have, when did, what got you into crystals? <laughs> Ooh, I feel like my relationship to them is like just starting. Honestly, like I remember, like, I remember actually like when I met you, you gave everybody crystals. Like you brought like a little like box with like a little bit, like, like little like pieces of quartz and stuff like that. And I think that was one of the first times I think I've, kind of just like stumbled upon them um i had like a little piece of quartz just over time um i've been gifted a lot of like little little pieces here and there i don't know like i don't know like all of the names of all of them like when we went down to mexico with medicine collective like like we got some crystals there so i've kind of like pieced together like a little small like family essentially i just bought uh I just bought like a piece of amethyst from this company called Plants and Rocks uh, from a friend. Um, but yeah, just like my collection is starting to grow and it's like I I pick them up from time to time. I Before we started recording, I told you that I picked up my friend or my roommate Yang's uh, quartz and I just felt like clear, like this energy of just like clarity, like like I got baptized. Like it's mm. just like this this like real fresh feeling. And I was just holding on to it and just tuning into my my energy field in my body and being like, oh, like I feel like a blank piece of paper right now. Like there's no scribbles, there's no wrinkles, there's no nothing. I'm just empty and clear right now. And that's something that I kind of want to like dive deeper into is just like, 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 yes, of course, there's like this definition on on like Wikipedia of what this stone is. And like somebody has a YouTube channel about like, oh, like this is supposed to attract money and da 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 And it's like people take them like really like literally across the board rather than like allowing the 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 stone to tell you what it what it allowing yourself and your the way that you receive and project or receive energy be the 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 pinnacle or the authority of your experience with the stone. Not like this analytical like let me read this book and then like try to like force feed this 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 stone or material into this role like creating a label like a job title it's like oh yeah this amethyst is supposed to do this this like i don't even i don't know like i don't know all the like the names and stuff but it's like (laughs) this is supposed to do this instead of just like not placing like these expectations on it like a fucking kid that's like that's gonna be the next michael jordan but like the kid likes painting and it's just like you're going against like the natural it is it's a natural resource you're going against its natural properties and and i think giving grace and allowing these precious stones to to be what they are beautiful first and foremost and appreciative of that and then everything else that comes after that just like is a blessing mm-hmm. yeah there's so much dogma out there and like you were saying there's many constructs that have been created around well everything mm-hmm. especially crystals and things like that you know it's it's really easy to regurgitate information that someone said but to sit still and have our own experience that's invaluable and that's where we really get all the information and that's where i've found what crystals i like the most mm-hmm. it's not even always by which ones are the prettiest or which ones have the the right symmetry it's 
it's just i want to say it's like random if you will it's and and also i must say that if these crystals all did the stuff that the books say they do i i'd probably have a few less uh issues and, and weird <laughs> identities than i do i know they do something but they, they're they're not the cure-all that's for sure we gotta we gotta just you know build relationships with them like we do with anything with any medicine most definitely yeah i feel like they can be like a like an anchor or like a tool in a sense but it's like at the end of the day it's like we have to be the ones that are like living the life experience and we can we can inject meaning like with the elements of our lives like uh like i just released an episode not too long ago well technically i haven't released it yet but while we're like once this is released like it will have been released and just like i was on a run over like basically like over by uh university of portland and uh i saw like a bald eagle Mm. and like Mm -hmm. like it wasn't like oh it was foggy and stuff. i was like that is a fucking bald eagle right here in front of me like right above the tree and there's a lot of like life change changes that are happening in my life as far as like moving and just like stepping into the unknown and possible opportunities and then like the significance of seeing this beautiful animal like i use that knowledge of like that that embodied wisdom of significance and synchronicity in the universe speaking to me through this one-of-a-kind specimen and it's like i'm using that to give me like the confidence and like the the vision to see this thing through and to even without all the answers I'm going to walk through this thing confidently and and know that this is the right way. And I feel like we can use crystals in that same way in our lives as like an anchoring force through certain challenges or going through breakups or being uh, ambitious and, and like going for something that we, that we, uh, uh, that we really want in our lives. We can find those, those power crystals and, and surge forward. What are some of like the, like I, like I said before, I don't know like so many of like the names, but like where, what are some of like the names of these ones and like where did they come from or if there's any like science behind like how crystals are formed or all that kind of stuff? Like what, like <laughs> can you just do like a little brief education on how crystals are formed? Where, where the hell do like, do we get them? How are they mined and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So gosh, we could do a whole podcast. I know. On just well, that's that. what we're doing. We're doing that. <laughs> yeah, here we are. <laughs> Um, well, okay. So here we are looking at the table in front of us and this is, you know, a little grid layout, but most of these are clear quartz and smoky quartz. Some of them are citrine and most of the crystals on this table come from Brazil actually. So there's, there's a lot of information about crystals that are unknown. You know, there's like, there's still uh, some skepticism, whether some like certain crystals, whether they form in a matter of seconds or some take years or thousands of years to grow mm-hmm. um so the way that they're mined there's a bunch of different mining practices and some of them are completely unethical and we do not purchase from people that mine that way you know that goes as far as dynamiting hillsides and sending mm-hmm. children in literally in certain parts of the world i'm hoping that that's not done anymore but that's like the worst case scenario of how crystals can be mined um a lot of these, like, um, for example, these quartz crystals right here from Brazil, I got these from Todd, got the Todd Guj who I was talking about earlier, and he goes down to Brazil directly and 
has relationships with a lot of families that dig the crystals and some of them are on their properties that they've had for years and years and generations and uh, he brings them back directly in small batches so that's like how we prefer to get them is directly from miners um, and people that we like know that they dug things as ethically as possible uh, this one right here is from arkansas and i got this from the person who dug it out of the ground oh wow and as far as the process of bringing crystals out of the ground there's a little bit of controversy and this is the question i get asked the most they're like the question i get is like is there just a pristine crystal cave in the ground and someone just busts in and rips the crystals off the wall and i mean nothing we have is like that nothing that i collect is like that and typically if someone found a pristine crystal cave with beautiful crystals glowing all over it ideally that would end up in some sort of like a like be some sort of research project or it would be preserved. I know that sometimes people find these pockets and do rip into them, but a lot of times what happens is there's, let's say, imagine like a pocket underground, like a, a cave, if you will, or a, without an entrance, just like an underground pocket that has crystals growing all over it. And this is maybe, let's say, 50 million years ago. Over the course of the years, that cave or cavern collapses with erosion and the earth shifts and everything moves and what was once like a cave becomes like almost like a, a squiggly line or a vein. Mm -hmm. So one will find a vein and dig in a certain direction, kind of chase the, chase the vein, if you will. That's one way of finding crystals or certain types. Um, there's a bunch of stones we put in our subscription boxes last month that are not found that way they're not even dug up they're just found off the coast of morocco under a layer of of sediment like in the water and they're like little seashell fossils that well they're called agatized carnelian these are this is one of my favorite ones it's called agatized carnelian seashell fossils um there's a lot of what are called pseudomorphs out there it's where one thing dissolves and another one takes its place so these ones particularly are really cool because imagine a you know a little creature with its seashell millions of years ago and it dies the seashell falls onto the ocean floor and becomes covered with sediment over time that sediment becomes like a, a rock around the crystal around the around the seashell that shell inside dissolves and then is then that it leaves a little cavity that is shaped like a seashell and then is filled with a different mineral these ones specifically are carnelian so they're little carnelians that look like seashells i don't know what a carnelian like carnelian that's the first time i've ever heard of that but that's like the the variety of like how these these stones or these crystals like come into existence because there's like hundreds maybe thousands of different waves i mean there's i feel like there's infinite because there's combinations of minerals even mm -hmm. you know to this day they'll someone will be trying to i guess build a parking lot and they'll dig down a little bit and find a pocket of mm -hmm. a type of crystal that's never been seen before which might be like two specific minerals together infused into a quartz yeah, yeah it yeah, happens they, all the time actually yeah like how unique they are it's like literally just like people it's like we're just like a fusion of experience and genetics and we just turn into our own like crystal versions and it's like i think if each of us can find that like at least that understanding of of what we are like, i think the uniqueness of who we are and like learn that from these crystals it's like there's only one of these like you can't like the shape the con the the constitution of it like there's you can't recreate this 
at all. And I think that's that's something that at least like I gravitate towards or at least creating a relationship to a precious stone. Are there any of them that like you've that are kind of like your bucket list like items as far as like as a collector, as like a as like a proprietor of of crystals is there one that's just like oh my gosh like i, I want that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i love what you're saying about the uniqueness of each crystal and how that applies to us yeah it's it's so beautiful and that's something i've really learned about about humanity and about our earth through crystals is just the the celebration of the uniqueness of each one and like let's say this crystal in front of me right now if you all can't see this but it's a clear quartz but the tip of it has a little ding on it and some might see this and think it's not the perfect crystal because it has a little damage on top but that's part of its story and i don't think it takes away from the beauty i could focus on that and create a construct around what the dinged tip of the crystal means but or i can look at the little rainbow in the side and just revel in that so um, as far as crystals I want more of, well, my favorite, as I was saying earlier, is aquamarine. And here's here's one right here. Whoa. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, just obsessed. So I would love some more aquamarines, um, but there is one that I've been coveting from afar. It's a type of crystal known as heliodor, which is um, golden barrel. Barrel is the type of variety that aquamarine is from, too. So in the Ukraine, they have these what are called etched heliodors that I'll show you a picture after. They're etched like etched heliodors. They're just glowing rods of light. Uh, heliodor, translated into Greek, is the two words uh, helios and doron, which means gift of the sun. So holding a heliodor in one's hand literally actually feels like holding a ray of sunshine and it's one of the most felt crystal experiences i've ever had wow so i would love yeah but you know the the one i have my eye on is about half of my yearly income so i don't know <laughs> yeah so i don't know about that anytime soon but <laughs> it's coming you can just attract it <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm working on it i i held one in at the tucson gem show earlier this year and that was enough just kind of sat there and was like all right Oh yeah. This is it. <laughs> Dude, that's tight. No, I I really like like this like seeing this and just like the way that you're like the way that you're embodied within like your practice and within your passions is something that's like really admirable and like to see it like firsthand and it's just like oh like this is just natural. It's not like you have to like reach far outside of yourself to become something that's that may not be resonant but gains attention or whatever it's like no you like found something that you're passionate about regardless of what anybody thinks or what society tries to force us into it's like I've always like felt like drawn towards certain things that I've denied within myself because I wasn't supported or or whatever but like to find like a true passion and just go all in on it like supersedes any expectation and it just allows you to like really like engage in like enjoy life because it's just like oh like this is this is pretty cool like this is fucking <laughs> sick <laughs> yeah i feel that and thank you for that acknowledgement and i feel like i see you doing the same thing by just your journey of taking on doing podcasts over mainly the last year and how much that's grown and you're tapping into your passion and yeah, i'm curious like what are or is there like something else out there that you're like you know what not that it's like you're gonna be your next thing other than podcast but is there mm -hmm. like a is there something that you want to be embodying more of or jumping more into? Uh, 
not no matter how be, it looks. I want to be enlightened. No, no. <laughs> like, I think it's I think it's just learning like my lessons and having like continuing to like grow and have the confidence to face like my own challenges that like they're still there. Like there's still plenty of challenges and like wanting to witness like the growth into like financial independence and like how to like uh like the inner like achievement. But also like like I think doing that in a way that I see fit for myself, like as like a service, like, like, can you achieve wealth and abundance through service? Like, like, I feel like this is like a calling and to see it through and allow new opportunities to, to grow from this fertile soil that we're creating together. Mm-hmm. And like this, like, I, I like you said you mentioned like dot connecting earlier and it's mm-hmm. just like to allow that process to really like, take shape and and organically create like this this lifestyle essentially um i'm interested in so many things though like like clothing like creating like clothing like jackets i'm like huge huge like into fashion and and to be able to like spend time and like create like a like an outfit or like uh uh, like a jacket or a bag or something like that. Like that's always been something that I've inter- been interested in. And luckily like through the podcast, I've like, I have friends that like have clothing lines. So now it's like, I have like an in as far as like designing these things and how do I produce these things? Cause it's about moving from the conceptual, like I have an idea to do something to actually doing it. And, and, and that's what this whole thing is about is like, let's do the damn thing. Let's stop fucking talking about it and doubting it. Anything that comes up that's like in alignment, we can go do and being fearless in that, that journey of trusting our capability and my capability of bringing into the world, anything that I feel like deserves to be here. And hopefully like those things can, either inspire one to do that same thing or to find their own thing. And, and if I do that, then like I'm doing good. <laughs> so good. I'm so glad that that's what you're doing. If, if only we all did a little bit more of what you're doing, I feel <laughs> like, you know, just shining, like shining our light, sh- you're shining your light and not like what you're saying earlier when you're asking me about things like without the like judgment of others and like what they're going to think of it just, like stepping in yeah because when i first started getting into crystals they weren't really that cool yet like Mm -hmm. i was kind of made even the body work being a body worker in my late teens early 20s i'd get made fun of quite a bit Mm. i'd get all types of questions you know it's very stereotypical um and it's interesting how sometimes things catch on if we just really live authentically and um like for me i was just always so tunnel visioned on the things i'm into i still am i just get very focused on like those passions and completely immerse myself and you know I see you doing that too as far as the dot connecting goes I mean that's really such a gift though just being able to bring community together and knowledge and information to them like I'm hoping someone right now is uh I don't know some far corner of the world listening and then they maybe they're gonna maybe it won't even be about crystals or body work maybe they'll just tune into more of you and learn something from you directly or on one of your podcasts. Like, I just feel like I love this, this web of beauty we're all creating amongst ourselves, even during a time like COVID, you know, it's still an opportunity to deepen community just in new ways. Most definitely. Yeah. I, I just checked out like on my, uh, uh, I guess like, I guess it's like 
dashboard essentially for where like I upload podcasts and I see I've seen like like there's people in like the Netherlands like like UK like all over the world like Puerto Rico and stuff like that and I'm like shouting them out I'm like hey like like keep listening like thank you thank you so much because it's like I want I like this like web of connectivity is so freaking important because we're so reliant on like these these structures that were built by people that did not consider us as like being functional uh components to the system outside of consum consumers it's like these like these structures that were existing under whether they're relational like corporate work structures or whatever were basically built to fulfill the needs of a very few amount of people and everybody else just plays in a role to create their ideal life but nobody thinks about like hey like what is my ideal like life consists of and like what are the non-negotiables for me and and if if we can kind of like come together and like help each other like figure out like what are the things that we want to see for ourselves like we can kind of create something separate from these these uh the systems that that don't have our best interest or even consider us at all i'm on that with you <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 any more questions <laughs> any more questions for me uh, honestly, I was a, a few minutes ago, I was thinking like, I feel like I just want to interview you. Yeah, like I, I go feel, for it. I mean, in yeah. general, like I just, I, I'm just like sitting across from you and it feels so much more natural for me to be asking the questions and then helping you explore than what you are with sure, me. So, sure, 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 yeah. sure. That makes sense. But no, I mean, yeah, I'm really, I'm really enjoying this. It's just nice to just sit with you and have a conversation that even if this, I mean, I know you have listeners and that's beautiful, but even if this was just for us, I'd feel so fulfilled and just how we've gotten to know each other better during this time. Yeah. Now this is, these are the types of relationships that I, I didn't have back home, like where I was just like, all right, I have these ideas and I want to create things, but nobody in my circle of friends, like were interested in these types of things. It's like, there's only like, only like a small segment of like conversations that were going on and a lot of it is just like dumb bro shit just like like just making fun of things that like that aren't that frankly like aren't funny and just like joking around not being serious about things and just like poking fun and and it's just like all right that shit gets old like what else do y'all like do y'all have anything else that you want to say and it's just like this perpetual cycle of like limited like limitation it's like like can we talk about like spirituality can we talk about like 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 pattern recognition like let's deconstruct something by this process of pattern recognition and come to a deeper understanding of relationship dynamics and all that kind of stuff and mm. and not have not being fulfilled i in that sense i feel like brought me to portland and i'm like grateful to have like landed and found people like yourself and like plenty of the other guests that have been on the podcast to like to like fill me up with like this like this like to meet me where i'm at with this sense of like curiosity and like decoding experience and like constantly like learning because it's like once we embrace that we don't know everything it's like okay like but we can still move in a direction of knowledge self-knowledge and community knowledge and mm -hmm. and help and expansion and all that kind of stuff and these are the things that uh yeah that allow it Mm, we can share our tools of sanity and tools for deepening presence with each other. And yeah, what you're talking about, though, just moving away from the people that just talk about whatever. I mean, you know, more power to them. They're talking about talking shit, talking about what they want to talk about. My, my sister Heather gave me this good tactic to do. I don't know. It might be a little alienating for some, but 
she said next time someone's just gossiping or talking about something that's just like I don't want to say low vibe because that's not always up to me to decide she gave I can't do the look she does but she does this look and she's she says just ask him why are you telling me this Ooh, I know how cold is that yeah that can burn so deep (laughs) why why are you telling me this yeah oh wow yeah yeah that can totally like set someone up there (laughs) big Like you're just public enemy number one. I know. Like, you're just like you're just asking for it at that point. Uh, there's a few times I've wanted to do that, but then I've been like, oh gosh, they'll just feel so invalidated oh. right now. But you know, anyways, I'm, that's my reserve move. For yeah, that's if I like really that's the one that you just pull out. Of, you just like hold in your back pocket. That's like the detonator right there. It's like, do you want to just <laughs> want to blow this shit up? Why are you telling? Why me are you this? telling me this right now? I wish you could see the, her look though with the squint. It's just like, oh yeah, like the classic, just like. <laughs> <laughs> judgmental squint oh lord don't do that to me yeah <laughs> i guess it's not always instead of saying that there's a pivot there's the opportunity just to kind of gently guide it towards or is it, there's the um so how does that make you feel you know so, so I, how does it make you feel i feel like is something that like you can you can do that like i think that's that can be inquisitive and just like allowing someone the stage to to like express themselves it, we're in a lot of places like people aren't comfortable like even considering like how do I feel actually without judging there's a difference between judging and like expressing how you feel because it's like you can judgment I feel like is like casting or associ- uh, assassinating someone's character or at least projecting like what this person is but like telling you how you feel it's like all right like this has nothing to do with the person anymore this is how they made you feel Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I would love in situations, sometimes I want to feel heard and express myself, but I also really want the other person to feel safe and not even accused, you know, just, yeah, communications, yeah. Uh, it's been a big one for me lately, is just learning how to hear and be heard. Which one do you have more trouble with hearing or being heard? I, from the reflections I've received and just from what I feel too is feeling heard but Mm -hmm. a lot of that has to do with people i'm in the this is more past stuff perhaps but wanting to be heard by people that aren't really available to hear so now that i'm you know for many years now but more and more so choosing to be around people like yourself that are just so present and receptive and curious because i feel like there's often i mean there's many modalities of receiving information but the two main ones i see are curiosity or assumption and curiosity is wonderful but assumption you know, that can just, that just ends the whole conversation. There is no conversation after yeah, an assumption, sure. unless one's really willing to explore that. But yeah, most, most of all, I've felt in my life more unheard and been more open to do hearing or listen. How about, how about you? Yeah. Same exact thing is, is like always being somebody there that's listening and hearing people where they're at. But then like the, I guess like the desire of wanting to be heard but then like trying to do the dance with somebody who's not available for it and then still trying to insistent be insistent on this person like this person has to understand where I'm coming from it's like instead of just like picking up your things like your blanket for the picnic just like kindly just put all the things together and then walk to another area of the park and sitting down with somebody else that's going to engage with the give and take and the dance and sharing the charcuterie board and putting honey on the cracker and the brie and the <laughs> and the prosciutto and and like that's that wants to do that with you and I think in the past I've always like 
I'd be like, all right, like this is the person, regardless of their like unwillingness to really like go there with me and, and then kind of like uh, have like a really like toxic dynamic of like overextending for this person that's not giving anything. And then that just becomes the expectation on both sides of like, oh, I have to put up with this because like this is the only person that's that's in my vicinity. So therefore nobody like I don't deserve to be heard because this is the only person that's here. So I can't do anything about it. So I think uh, coming to the realization that we all have choice with the people that we deal with. And if there's something that I think discerning whether or not it's something that we're uh, projecting, like you're saying, like projecting onto the situation, or does this person have limitations and you're not being fulfilled? And, and I think just being honest with the relationship and then uh, coming to the understanding that we have choice to shift our energy and move to another place to, to be engaged in the way that, that uh, is going to ultimately like lead to our growth. And mm. I guess both things are leading to your growth, but that ability to get up and, and move away from something that's not serving you or the other person, then I think that's where a lot of power comes in and a lot of uh, insight comes in when dealing with people moving forward. Mm, I, I hear you. Yeah. It's like, how can we create more mutual understanding with each other instead of like a, my version and your version or a Ooh. right and a wrong? Like, yeah, like, and, and a lot of folks I feel like are able to listen to an extent until, well, there's a few factors, but one of them I see is if someone feels like either accused or criticized or in some sort of conflict with another and I think even there's, you know, that's one of the more heated versions. And I think there's even a way to be in conflict with someone and still, of course, like hear their experience without realizing that that's even necessarily, that might be true for them, but that, that doesn't mean that like we, the, the, I need to change. If someone shares their experience, I can hear them, witness them in their experience, feel for them if they seem like they're struggling in the moment, even listen to them if they're accusing me of, or blaming me for how they feel. But that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't mean that I did anything wrong or I need to change, but it's more about just like holding space for someone, listening to them and witnessing them. And if we could really both witness each other, if we can all witness each other, especially during disagreements and just try to see the other person's version, um, that, that can build a huge, that can build bridges, you know, build bridges of understanding. Can go on about this stuff that's forever. so different like that that part right there is so difficult like to to like initiate that conversation like i've like that's probably one of the hardest things for me is to like to initiate that tough conversation because it's like oh i could just like avoid this and just like sweep it under the rug and just kick somebody out of my life forever and just move on but i think the growth opportunity is in that combustion of of facing like the ego and deconstructing like people's involvement and and but it takes like it takes two people to do that though it's like like being the one person that's willing to to be uncomfortable and to work something out like is yeah it's unfortunate that it's always it tends to be a one-sided thing but if you can find collaboration in any context like i feel like you have the workings of uh, a solid relationship when there's mutuality yeah, just the desire to, the desire to have peace after the conversation. If both yeah. of us go into a moment of, let's say, not seeing eye to eye, with the concept of like we want to find a solution, we want to understand each other, and we want to even be better friends after this 
disagreement than beginning. If we go into it with that intention and we respect each other and with this, like, I really want to know why you see it that way. And then for me not to personalize the things that might seem like they're different, you know, there's, I feel like there's more to the recipe than that, but this is something I've been working on wanting to put together just to share with people to get these minor, these minor things out of the way. These like, you know, cause most conflicts people have, I see are less about the actual subject matter, but more about the way that people engage with each other to discuss things. Yeah. It, it's interesting. Like, the like the closest people in my life it's like we just never fucking argue like it's just like and it's not even like a self like like a limiting thing it's just like no we just like like respect one another and like love one another and like just have a lot of like a lot of things to share and like we're all about growth and we're just helping each other along the way but like there's never like i don't class like i don't butt heads with like like my people people Mm -hmm. and it's like if if there is like a conflict it's like where is this come like where is this coming from because there's so much synchronicity and like like collaboration and love in like my 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 true heart centered relationships that like what is this other energy and why why is it in my space if like the types of relationships that i have are follow this like mode of just like not a lot of resistance like like we're we're helping each other on this journey of of expansion and learning but it's like there's not a lot of conflict so if conflict becomes like enters the the sphere then it's like hmm is it me or is it this new energy <laughs> yeah and it's it's safer to work things out with people where that heart-centered connection is like deeply established and you have that trust because all I don't want to say get into fights with people I have close, like those deeper connections with, but sometimes, you know, spend too much time around someone, be on a road trip. There could be little moments of tension or just even confusion or logistical things like talking about the dishes or how to, and, and it's almost like for, I found in those moments with those people that there is that deeper love to like, I'll just state the obvious in the beginning. I'll be like, Hey, I know this is silly, but I'm feeling like fucking like agitated right now. And I know it's just dishes ah yeah and that way just getting that out of the way ah. then i could talk to the person then the, you know then it's yeah. like that's it's me. like we could talk about the dishes after yeah. that and whose See, turn it is I'm, and the, I'm the type of guy that's just like you should know that you should be doing the dishes like like i am very aware of like what <laughs> what in there is mine and i have like my time clock of like the longest it's going to be there is three days tops but like other than that it's usually the same day uh-huh. but it's just like you'd be on top of your shit i shouldn't have to tell you grown person to do your shit (laughs) yeah so that's that's where i like where like the pettiness of just like do i have to really like remind this this like like adult to do like something that (laughs) should be like already established but Uh yeah we can go on that that type of shit forever is there anything else you want to leave our our listeners with uh regarding uh, the offerings that you have or, or, or any wisdom. Gosh, I'm just so stoked to just be chilling with you and doing this. And I feel like I could word everything I said earlier, all the questions like a million different ways with more depth and clarity. And, um, I guess if anyone has any questions or wants to talk or wants to dive into any of the subject matter, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to just open some dialogue with you, especially things that sparked interest that perhaps we can apply in a more personal way to you just hit me up dope and um yeah i'm just stoked to be here and thank you aaron for yeah making time to hang out and 
inspiring me we're so deeply. It. No, I'm we're su- doing it. I'm super inspired by you and just yeah, like you were so that term earlier, the dot connecting and helping spread so much light and knowledge. Like you're awesome and yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. everyone for listening too. Yeah. This Where cool. can people find you on the interwebs? So I have a personal Instagram page, which is called Ancient Starship, all one word. And then I have a, yeah. <laughs> and then I have a crystal page for my business called Enchanted Crystal. And we have Instagram at Enchanted Crystal or EnchantedCrystal.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Adam, and thank you all for listening to Opening Presence. Mm-hmm.